Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Well, good morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for being so kind and so gracious and so good to us and just for loving us and, and giving us the opportunity to love you back. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning and get across what you need across in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. I'm gimping a little bit. So I kind of got squished by a horse and got my hip knocked out and sprained my back. And so other than that, I've had a good week. <laughs> so I'm walking like, like, man, I used to be a lot more nimble than I am right now, but I'm growing in grace, right? <laughs> so I want to go back. I've been talking about Abraham, but I want to go back to Second Peter because it kind of sets us up for everything and everywhere we're going here in the scriptures. And in Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 2, it says this, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And then this is like an awesome verse. You guys got favorite verses like you go to when you really need, need something? This is an awesome verse that we can go to because it talks about, <clears throat> he's talking about giving us grace and peace. What is grace? It's undeserved, unmerited favor from God, right? And what is peace? It's everything. It's completeness. In Hebrew, that word would be shalom, meaning that he has given us everything. And that's pretty cool news, right? And so there's a completeness in it. And it says right here, and it, and it can be yours in abundance through the knowledge of our Lord and, and, G, and uh, our Lord, knowledge of God and our Lord and Jesus, our Lord. His divine power has given me everything we need. Okay, now watch this. There's a word. His divine power. Now whose power? His power. His divine power has given us. Now, what is that word has? Like when I was in sixth grade, I had to, the, what are those, that am, is, are, was, were, have, has, had, do, does, did, shall, should, will, would, may, might, must, and it was ingrained in my brain still this day. And like I learned it like fifth or sixth grade, and I'm like, because like, my teacher was like mean. <laughs> like she scarred me for life, because like I can't even see has, right? But what is it? It's past, right? So do you know what it means? It, it's like, He's already given it to us, right? That's what he's saying. It's like, like we come around and so much of the time I think we, we go from, from a position of lack and a position of trying to get something when we've already got it, right? When we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, he says, I'm giving you everything you need for life and godliness, right? So, and he says, I have already given everything we need. And do you know what that word in Greek, everything, means right there? Everything. That's pretty cool, right? 
It's good to know that, that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Now watch, I'm going to flip over here. I'm going to flip over to Matthew first, and then I'm going to take you back to... Um, then I'm going to take you back to um, Genesis. I sound like a preacher today for a minute. Because <laughs> I feel like, like there, this is so important for us to get in these days. There's so much pulling on us and so many people saying, well, this is happening and that's happening. Or so many things saying, well, I put your faith in me and I'll save you. And there's only one person who's going to save us. And he died on the cross for us. 2,000 years ago. There's only one place we can really put our hope, and that's in Him, and that, that's where our trust belongs, and anything else is trying to replace Him. Right? right? And I refuse to, to, to um, replace Him with something that's a Band-Aid, right? I want to trust Him, and I want to share that, and I want to I give us some confidence, try to share it through the Holy Spirit, so He can give you guys some, give everybody more confidence that, hey, He's got something for us. So it says that, that same day Jesus went out, went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow a seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what was sown. And then he says this, He who has ears, let him hear. You're like, now why would he say he, everybody's got ears? Like, like most everybody's got ears. I mean, there might be some people that don't, but most people have, have ears. You hear what I'm saying? So, so you're, you get it? You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> right? So, so when, when I'm sitting there thinking about this being Jewish, I hear this from the Jewish perspective because when he's saying he, he who hears, let him hear. He's saying not just hearing with your physical ears, but hearing with your heart. Hearing in your spirit, right? He's saying it's, it's real important. There, we have it's called the Shema. And it is Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. He is one, right? And then that's where Jesus added on to him. He said, it says, love, love him with all your heart, with all your mind and soul. And then Jesus added, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we forget to love ourselves so we can love our neighbor a lot of times. Right? But it's about the small. It's about hearing. That's what I'm hearing him say. It's, it's here, but not just on the inside, right? On the outside, but on the inside. Like I, I had this horse, and she is deaf, right? And I got this horse, and no one could work with her, and I'm trying to work with her, and I was like, how am I going to talk to this deaf horse? Uh, and, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, just because she's deaf don't mean she can't hear. And I was like, oh, wait a second. She don't even talk English, right? So I might as well start talking horse to her. And I did, and you know what? She just melted. 
right? And so that's what God's trying to say to us. He's wanting us to hear because it's important what's coming in, what we're hearing, right? There, God, God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but fear comes by hearing too and hearing other stuff, right? So what he's saying is when he's talking about, about um, a farmer went to sow a seed, what's he sowing? He's sowing the word. Right? It, a lot of people bring this up about money, and it's not, I mean, you could use it for money, but this is more about the word, right? What you're hearing, what's coming around you, what are people saying, what are you listening to, what are you focusing on? Because whatever you're focusing on is what you're going to. One thing I look in my car, like I'm driving down the road, you ever get like wandering off, looking, oh, that's a pretty horse, or that's a, look at that dog, what, what is he doing? That's a, and then pretty soon, do you know what you find yourself doing? Because you'll go where that's one of the main things we teach riding horses is look where you want to go because if you're not looking where you want to go, that horse is going to take you where he wants to go. Right? And then it can get really western and get really fun. So <laughs> like I've had a few of these. I've I've never jumped anything on purpose, but doing that I've jumped a few things, right? And sometimes I stay with the horse, right? But it's real important to stay focused. Keep our eyes up. What do you want from me in this season, God? What are you speaking to my heart? What are you speaking into my life? And like, well, I don't know how to find it. Well, right here. He's like, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness, right? And so the disciples are like, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to these people in parables? He's like, dude, just spit it out. Why are you telling these stories, man? And he replied, The knowledge of the secrets of heaven has been given to you. Now listen to this one more time. He says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. And you know what? The problem is we think of the kingdom of heaven and we're looking all around and we're waiting until we get to glory and have all these mansions and have all this stuff and we get so heavenly focused on getting beamed up that we forget right here. And that God has a purpose for us right here and right now. In fact, Jesus said, I want to bring that back and I want to center you and I want to say, you know what? The kingdom of God is within you. It's even in your mouth. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to say, focus and say, hey, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And that's pretty powerful, right? So that gives us hope. And he's saying it's inward focus, not outward, right? When it comes from the inside, then you're going to see the fruit of it on the outside. That's the way fear works, too. Someone says there's a like like there's a monster under your bed. Like when I was a little kid, like I had to take the trash out. And I had to go. It felt like a quarter mile, man. And I always had to do it at dark, man. And so, like, I know where I grew up in Oklahoma, so there's coyotes and rattlesnakes and stuff like that. But I promise you, I've seen Bigfoot at least five times. Because, like, I'd heard these stories. Like, my grandpa would tell me stories and stuff like that. And so, so I'd hear it and hear it and hear it. And then pretty soon I'm out the trash and something would make a move make a sound and I would run as fast as I could back to the house right am I the only one who ever done that right so so if if faith comes by hearing fear comes by hearing too that's why we need to guard what what we're hearing like if you're afraid 
Change the channel. Change the frequency, right? Call a different number, right? Dial up. Go 911. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty, I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. In Him will I trust. Right? And then it, it changes what God's doing in our heart. And it changes what God's doing in our life. And it refocuses on the kingdom of heaven that's not something way off that we have to wait for, but we can live in right here and right now. Right? And so that gives us hope. And that gives us a future. He says, says, says I know the plans that I think towards you. Plans to give you hope and a future and an unexpected end. He says, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Actually, that word in Hebrew is Yeshua. That's what, what Yeshua means. It, Jesus, it means my salvation. Like in Texas, they need a clue maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but in Texas a lot. They need lots of clues, but right? But anyway, I'll, I'll go on. He replied, the knowledge of the secrets of, of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. Has been given to you. He has given you everything you need in life pertaining to life. What's life? Life. Life happens when you knock your hip out. Life happens when you, you know, you got a bill pop up. Life, he's like, I've already made a provision for you. I've already made a plan for you. Are you going to trust me? Or are you going to trust like, well, it didn't work out for me 10 years ago. Well, that was 10 years ago, right? Watch what God can do today, right? Let him renew your mind. The Bible says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of our mind. Where, where do we get our mind renewed? By finding out what God says about the situation. Do you know who's talking here? What color is that in your book? Red. Guess who, who that is? It's not Red Riding Hood? Okay. I guess it's Jesus. I was wrong. Things are clearing that up. And he replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever, who's them? Who's he talking to? Talking about? He's talking about the Pharisees. Like, they're religious. They had a religious system, and they were do, 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 do. And that's all that it ended up being, right? When it comes, because you can't ever do enough to make yourself righteous and holy. It only comes through Jesus and his sacrifice, right? And for them, it only comes through the sacrifice that went through the temple, right? The, the Passover lamb and, and, and the, the Yom Kippur offering. And, but at the same time, he's saying... They're not getting it because they're so focused on what they can do to make themselves good enough that they're missing what I've already given them. Do you hear what, he, hear what I'm saying? So he says this, Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. 
That is why I speak to them in parables. Now, what's, it, what's he talking about? I was like, man, I don't have a dog, so I guess I'll never get a dog. Or if I get a dog, I'll only have one dog, and then they'll take that. That's not what he's talking about, right? Anybody ever read that and it's kind of scary? Some, some scriptures are scary if you read them out of context, right? You know what happens when you take the text out of context? You're left with a con, right? So it's important to know the context of what the scripture is saying. But he's saying, whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. That is why I speak in parables. So what's he saying? He's saying, when you have Jesus, you're as righteous as you ever be, ever will be. Isn't that good news? Right? So, so I'm like thankful for that because like I'm, I already have. So that means that I have. Guess what? He, he's going to give grace upon grace upon grace upon grace and peace upon peace. And you already have that, right? But when you try to earn it on your own, the problem is, is when you go by the law, you have to keep the law to the letter. If you miss one spot of it, you're guilty of all of it. Right? So it's like if you miss one spot in that, then it's going to just wreck you, right? And you're, you're going to be crashed and it's not going to work out. And then he says this, through seeing they do not see, through hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their, with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Who's he talking about? He's not talking about the lost here. He's talking about the Pharisees, who were very rigid and very religious and, and had, had a loophole to jump through everything and all it had to do was on works. So Jesus is like, it's not about works. It's about me. The moment we, we put, put our eyes on ourselves, that's when we have trouble and that's when we're going to fall. That's what happened to Peter, right? When, when he was um, walking in, you know, on the water, right? So I'm going to read a story here. And then when we start, when we start failing, because we can't live up to that, what does it bring? It brings shame. God promises us. He's like, I'll give you double honor and no shame. Here's the problem. Shame causes inactivity in a believer. And Jesus talked about get rid of the leaven, get rid of the leaven of the Pharisees. What was he saying? Don't depend on just on just um, your own works. Depend on my grace. Depend on my peace. Depend on who I am and what I am for you. Because shame causes inactivity in a believer because it puts the focus on you. My question to you this morning was, what are you focusing on? What are you looking at? How are you feeling about yourself, man? Everything crashing around you and you're trying to do everything right and you keep messing up? Paul answered it. He said, said, everything I try to do, 
I do wrong, and what I don't want to do, I do. And he said, 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 who's going to deliver me from this? And then he says, God's grace is sufficient for us. And then he goes on, he said, says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? Why? Because for the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Right? So now we're not living by the law of sin and death or, or eating the fruit of it, which is, the, the Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what that brings. But he says, now you're eating from the tree of life. And you can have life, and you can have life more abundantly, not through your works, but through his. Right? So here, I love this. There's a parable. There's a parable, there's like three of them. There's a lost coin, a lost sheep, and, um, man, I can't stand sheep, but my wife loves them, right? Every time we go to the fair, she's just like crying, oh, it's a sheep, and then they end up showing them and stuff like that. I just, I could just leave the sheep barn, so I don't know why God likes sheep. I like coins, yeah, but I also like my son, (laughs) so that's a good thing. So I got, at least got two out of three on these parables. But it says this in Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me my share of my estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. Now look at this. His dad wasn't even dead, and he's like, give me my inheritance. Like, he had no focus on the father, right? He was just focused on what, what his father could give him, right? And so he's like, I'll take it all. And so his father said, fine, here, you can have it. After he had spent everything, there was a se- severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Okay, now time out. Like these are Jewish people in this story, right? That's what pigs are not kosher, right? <laughs> not just to eat, but right, not just to be around. See, I've, I had my moment, I was tired, I was younger, I was tired of shoeing horses, so my cousin ran this pig farm. And so he, he's like, James, he's like, come to work for me, you'll get benefits and this and that. And so I go to this big building, and they have these pigs. Some of these pigs are like $300,000. And I'm like, how do you pay that? That's an expensive bacon. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just never figured in my brain, you know, especially, you know. And so I, I was like, okay, I'll go to work there. And so you have to shower in at this place. Literally like this. They have the shower room and then you wear these special clothes and even these little booty things. And I'm like, these are pigs. Like pigs why would you do that and so i'm going through and and i'm working with the pigs now i like working with cattle i like working with horses but pigs are stupid (laughs) they're either stupid or they're just way smarter than me because they do not herd they herd like cats right and so i'm trying to herd them and you got to get this board thing like it's a fiberglass board because some of them will attack you right and then if one of them dies you have to get it out 
Not because it's going to stink, but because the pigs will eat it. My grandpa used to say, I ain't had no, so much fun since the hogs ate my little brother. And that never hit me till I seen that right there. Right? And so here's the pigs, and they're squealing, and they're making noise, and, and we're dragging stuff out of there. And, and all of a sudden, it hit me. You know, horseshoeing ain't so bad. <laughs> Training horses, that ain't so bad. You know, I think I'm going to go out of her. So I kind of come to myself, right? And so I showered out, left at break, and never come back. End of the day, my cousin calls me, James, where are you? And I was like, I ain't going back to that place. You can't quit. You're my cousin. I was like, I just did, cuz. <laughs> He's still mad at me over that, but it still, still doesn't matter. But the point is, is this, pigs are nasty, man. If you love pigs, I'm sorry. They're nasty, right? <laughs> Bacon's not so nasty. I'm sure everyone loves bacon, but pigs, yeah, not, not, not so good. And so here he is, he's working with pigs. Like, you think about this, he was well off. He never had been in need a day in his life. He always had his father with him, always had someone with him, and all of a sudden he don't have anything left, and his friends have left him. He has nothing, so he has to get this gig with the pigs, and he's so hungry because they're not paying him enough that he's looking at their food. Like, I'd have to be real hungry for that. But it is possible right and so he just comes back to himself so it says says he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything like they wouldn't even give him pig food he was destitute he was hungry he was heartbroken and then it says this when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. Now here, here, now it's really powerful what's going on because he didn't come back. He's like, oh, my father misses me so much. I know he loves me and I can't see him and I know it's just breaking his heart so I'm going to go back for my father. No, he didn't. He went back to his father because his father had bread. And he's like, if I can just be a servant, I'll get treated way better as a servant than I ever would anywhere else. So he come back with the intention, I just want bread. Like there's a lot of us, when we first come to Jesus, we just wanted fire insurance. <laughs> and a lot of us tried to sell fire insurance. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, if you'll just accept Jesus, then you won't go to hell. But we forget we're still alive here. And sometimes we have to go through hell here. That there's not a, a benefit package, right? Because he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who heals all my diseases, who forgives all my sins. You hear what I'm saying? Right? But God's like, you know what? I'll meet you right where you are. Father says, I have a heart for you. I want to meet you right where you are. And I want to love you right where you are. And so here he's coming. And he's thinking, if I can just serve God, if I can just be a servant. But the father saw him. The father had been looking for him. Father's like, I just want my son to come back. I don't care how he comes back. I just want him to come back. 
But he says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son. Now, time out. When I was young, like, I ran like as a gazelle, man. Especially because I was afraid of Bigfoot. I got a lot of practice. <laughs> right? But here I'd be running and enjoying it. Right? And I look good, man, running. I used to play football. And so, so, so I'd go out and play. And they'd throw the pass. And before the pass would get there, I'd be there. And I'd catch it. And I'd zoom off. Like, I could jump up. I could slam dunk a, basket, a volleyball on a rim when I was, like, in eighth grade. I could jump, too. I could jump. I could run. It was smooth. I was pretty to watch. <laughs> My sister come out. She used to throw passes to me. She's got an arm, too. She used to throw. And so she's like, okay, go go run this route, and I'll throw the ball where, where, where it needs to be. So I run out, and I turn, and the ball's like 15 yards in front of me. I was like, man, your arm's got bad. And she says, nothing wrong with my arm. You used to catch that. <laughs> What's the problem? Like now, I, running ain't so pretty for me. It's not something you want to watch, right? Because I'm getting older, right? So old guys don't run unless like a bear's chasing them. <laughs> right? But here this old man saw his son. He said, you know something? I'm going to run to you. I want a relationship with you. And he didn't care what it, this dignified, stately man that did not run, I'm pretty sure, ran to his son because he loved him so much. And that's the same way he's saying to you. Maybe you don't feel like, like, like you're like, you know what, I'm a son, but I feel like you're far off, Father. And the Father says, I'm running to you right now. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It says, he had compassion on him, and he ran to his son, and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, he didn't even acknowledge that. He's like, yeah, well, I know. So what? that you are. You are my son. I do love you. I am for you, right? And, he, and so he goes on and says, hey, look at this. But the father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Now, I find it really cool that he's putting sandals on his feet. Because remember when Moses who brought the law. Moses represents the law. When he stood before God, God said, take your shoes off because this is holy ground. But now we see the picture of the Father who Jesus is talking about now. And he's saying, put your sandals on and stand before me because you are a son of the Most High God. The Bible says that our feet are, are shod. That means we put shoes on with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is peace? It's shalom. It's nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness. Isn't that powerful? So when we stand before the Father, he says we can approach the throne of grace boldly. He's saying, come before me. I've shod your feet. You can put your shoes on. Come before me because I have great things. And now 
the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And if our feet are shod with peace and good news, it means where we're stepping, we have everything we need. It's complete. Isn't that good news? It's powerful when we think about it. One was under law, the other's under grace. Undeserved, unmerited favor. He said we can find mercy in grace. What does mercy mean? It just means we don't get what we deserve. And that's what this man, young man found in his father. That the father said to his servants, quick, quickly do it. Bring the fat and calf and kill it. Let, let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field and when he came to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called on one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come. He replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Okay, now, how many of you guys never disobeyed your parents' orders? <laughs> Like, kind of pushing it there, right? Kind of like, like the rich young ruler says, I've kept everything. I've got all this. And Jesus says, well, you've lacked one thing. Give away all you have. And it's like, wait a second. No, actually, what I have has me. And sit it the other way. There's nothing wrong with having stuff, but it's not good to, for stuff to have you. You know what I'm saying? God wants us to have stuff, but it's tools, right? So he was really breaking one of the first Ten Commandments. He's already broke it. Didn't think he did. So here the son's like, I'm perfect. I do everything good. I got it right. I didn't do this and he did that. You know what? When you get focused on your works, you get focused on everybody else's too. You hear what I'm saying? And pretty soon you're like judging everybody else instead of loving everybody else. And that's not a cool thing to, to do or a cool way to be, right? So I love this. The older brother became angry. And I don't love this part, but I kind of do because it's good. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, and you never even gave me a young goat. Again, I really wouldn't want a goat, so I don't get his argument here. <laughs> But apparently it was important to him. Oh, if you eat goat, I had goat. With uh, um, George and, and his Kenyan friends come up and rode horses at the ranch and stuff, and they wanted a goat cooked. So someone cooked a goat, and I tried it. And I think I like beef better, but, <laughs> but I did experience goat. So I could see his point here on that one. But he says this, so I could celebrate with my friends. He wasn't even focused on the father. He was focused on himself. He was focused on his brother. He was focused on having his friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, 
you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. You know what he was telling me? He's like, man, if you quit being so focused on being so religious and self-righteous, you'd realize that I've got everything you need. It's always been here at your disposal and you can have it right now. He says, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's pretty powerful. What are we missing? What are we focusing on? Where's our intent? Are we living by the law and working on our own works? Are we living by grace? And living out of what he's done. See, bless blesses us, and then we like, like, you know what, I want to bless you too. And we serve. Not from the position of a servant, but we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus as our example, and now we serve as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.